football all over the place. Third down and six. Armstrong for Westerkamp again. Now, we might not have been as excited as that guy calling that play there, but we had a very special guest on our ninth episode of the No Block, No Rock podcast. Yes, we did. Fan beloved Jordan Westerkamp. And we just want to remind our listeners that this ninth episode is brought to you by Javi's Tacos. So please visit their new location. And Mike, can you tell us where this new location is? Yep. Uh, new location is going to be on 171st here in Omaha. Um, if you haven't had hobbies, go give it a try. Um, follow them on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. But with further ado, let's listen to Jordan Westerkamp. Let's do it. Oh, well, hey, um, first of all, just want to thank you for taking time out of your night to come visit with, yeah. with us on the pod. It's very much appreciated. Sorry, it was such a pain in the ass to get it going. <laughs> I think I told you three or four times that I had to move it. But uh, no, I, like man, I said, man, I just... I just started a new job. I mean, last week I was on vacation, but um, you know, this week uh, I started a new job, and it's just the hours vary because I'm training clients, um, and they can they kind of text me when they're going to be there. And there's there was this guy that was supposed to be there at 4 p.m. didn't get there till like 7 p.m. So I'm sitting there waiting for the guy, and it just kept getting later and later and later and later. It's like, oh my goodness. <laughs> so I apologize about that. Hey man, don't don't worry about it at all. No, uh, never did I think that a player as beloved as yourself would be apologizing to me. <laughs> yeah, you better apologize. Hey, awesome. Right, show me your shirt. Show me your I just, shirt. I just saw it. Have That's seen, awesome. <laughs> that well, thing is have you, seen, have you seen anyone wear this shirt before, though? No, and how do I get it? <laughs> so I think I got it. I think I got it. Um, I think it was off that Triple B website, that, that Lincoln-based yeah, T-shirt company. Yeah, I got that, it like four or five years ago so it's been a while that thing is sick sick are you trying to buy it for me or what <laughs> 500 bucks right now <laughs> so assuming you've been kind of paying attention to you know nebraska sports it was just not just nebraska sports but the big 10 in general they just yeah announced that nebraska is able to have fans in the stands for the spring yes. game and for volleyball <clears throat> and for baseball mike relay your question oh yeah about that in today's news, the Big Ten announced that stadiums will have fans in 2021. Um, what do you think this means for Nebraska? I mean, you're a guy that played in front of 90,000, you know, your whole career. You never had, had to deal with a COVID year in, at Lincoln. I, I think you did in the XFL. But, um, mm -hmm. I mean, what does that mean from a, from a player's perspective? How, I mean, and since you do know the fan base and how it feels yeah. to be in that stadium, how, like, is, that a, is that a big deal? Oh, it's a huge deal. And one of the biggest things that kind of got me to Nebraska or made me commit to Nebraska, um, I went and visited as a junior. I went and visited um, during the spring game. And as you guys know, spring game is a pretty big deal you know, for the fans. It's 60,000 people at, a, at a, a freaking scrimmage, so to speak. It's not even an actual game. Right. Um, so to, to go to that and see all the fans. That was a huge thing that uh, was super appealing to me. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, this guy, I was like, this is a scrimmage, right? Like you're not playing friggin' Iowa. I mean, it's a scrimmage. So it's, it's huge. It's huge for the players um, to play in an empty stadium. I mean, yeah. I mean, you'll, once you're playing, you kind of, you're kind of locked in, but I mean, it's still, there's still so much fan interaction before the games, sometimes even during the games, after the games, it's just like, it just makes you feel so good as a player to have that and to, and to nebraska you know ninety thousand plus fans at a game to go from that to none i mean that's that's huge that's huge yeah. and, and players notice it obviously mm -hmm. yeah um and i kind of you kind of uh previewed my next question like so we had brandon riley a few weeks ago mm -hmm. walk on from lincoln southeast and you're obviously from the chicago area and so I kind of want to get your perspective on the recruiting, your recruitment to Nebraska. So 
correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was between us and Notre Dame. Is that yes, right? Yes, correct. In Notre Dame, another program rich with tradition, fan support, all that stuff. And so I just kind of wanted to know, what was it about Nebraska over Notre Dame? That Why did you pick Nebraska? Yeah, so um, just a quick little note there. So I was um, committed to Nebraska my junior year. My, my senior year of high school, Notre Dame kind of came in hard, and um, I took a visit there, and just a little background on that, I didn't necessarily want to do that visit. I was committed to Nebraska, and in my head, I knew I was going to Nebraska, 100%, no doubt. I grew up in the Chicago area, as you mentioned, um, went to Catholic grade school, Catholic high school, Notre Dame, obviously a Catholic school. Um, mm -hmm. My parents were pretty, pretty set on me making sure I went on that visit no matter what, go there. If you change your mind, I mean, obviously it would be a, you know, if I, if I didn't take that visit, I'd never know, you know, okay, well, maybe I did want to go there, whatever. But, um, so that's basically the only reason I took the trip is my parents really wanted me to go there. But in my head, I knew I was like, there's no way I'm, I'm decommitting from Nebraska. I'm, I'm loyal. That's, I love the coaches. I love all that stuff. But to go back to what you guys said, why I, I picked Nebraska, I mean, there are so many things about Nebraska and you can talk about the stadium and the fans as, as we already mentioned, but even outside of that, I mean, Lincoln, I love Lincoln. I love it. I, I mean, I, I come from, uh, you know, the Chicago area and that's a big city and whatnot. And, and I was maybe, I was a little worried when I'm going out to Lincoln and people get this, like this notion that all oh, this is cornfields and that's all there is. And there's just a stadium in the middle of a ton of corn and you play football. <laughs> that's still the narrative. That's still <laughs> the narrative. <laughs> but so I went there and I visited and I was like, okay, it's Lincoln. I mean, it's still a pretty, pretty nice size city. I, had, I got the same kind of, kind of vibe. Obviously it's different, um, but it wasn't, oops, sorry guys, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't different or too much different. I, I loved it. I loved it. So the, the campus um, as well. I mean, the campus is beautiful, beautiful. And like I said, it's just, it's, it's in, you know, the city, it's in the city. So I love that. Um, the coaches, Bo Pelini, I loved coach Bo, loved him. The first time I met him, I, I loved him. I loved him. He was um, uh, a super fiery guy. And that's kind of like the, the coaching I kind of gravitate towards. I love that. You know, I love knowing when I mess up. Um, uh, but yeah, so the coaches, the, the campus, um, Lincoln stadium, the fans, I mean, there was just top of the academics, you know, the academics, fantastic as well. It's a big 10, you know, getting a big 10 um, degree. So, I mean, there was just so much I loved about it. And I, you know, I went there as a junior and I was like, this is it done. That's awesome. Thank That's you. awesome. Well, that kind of, we're, we're kind of going off script a little bit, but we have a question in there that I, I'm sure you saw. And we asked Brandon this a few weeks ago. Um, so you got the opportunity to play for Bo Pelini and Mike Riley. Yes. Um, can you tell us some differences? Uh, I mean, Brandon went into a little bit, Brandon even had like told us off air, like he was the strongest he's ever been under the Riley staff, yeah. um, under that straight, that strength staff. Uh -huh. Um, but just in general, like the staff differences was, I mean, I feel like they're yeah. polar opposites. I mean, is that yeah. the truth? Uh, so, I mean, uh, coach Bo and coach Riley, I love them both. And they're, they're, they're different style coaches. Like I just mentioned, Coach Pelini, he's fiery. He's in your face. He's loud. You're scared to make a mistake because you know he's going to chew your ass. I mean, and, <laughs> and that's, I kind of gravitate towards that more, like I said. Um, and Coach Riley is more of the uh, Tony Dungy approach, kind of not, not, you know, on your ass, kind of uh, positive reinforcement type guy, no negative, older guy as well. So that kind of plays into it. But um I love them both. I love them both. They're great. Co they're bo uh, great coaches, both of them, both of them. And uh, obviously I was bummed when coach Bo got fired. He came out of nowhere. We had just beaten Iowa and it was, yeah, uh, yeah we were, it was, uh, we were on our high horse and all of a sudden it's like, we get a text. It's like, check your emails. I was like, what? And I checked this. you got to be kidding me. <laughs> so we were, you know, I mean, that was, I mean, I loved coach Bo and um, coach Fisher was a receiver um, coach at the time. And I loved coach Fisher. So I was bummed about that, but uh, one, you know, try to look at it, in a positive way is I got to learn from two different style of coaches. So that kind of, that kind of was cool to have both perspectives because um, throughout your career, you're going to have different coaches, different styles. So it was nice to have both styles and um, kind of get introduced to both of those guys. And then to kind of what Brandon was saying with the strength staffs. So yeah, they were, they were different. They were different. I'd say probably, and it's, and this is a little bit different because my senior year, I had some injuries I was dealing with 
but uh, I was probably my strongest under Coach Dobson, who was the head strength coach under Pelini. Um, they, they, had, they had different styles. Coach uh, Philip, Mark Philip, strength coach under um, Riley, they were uh, like super Olympic type lifting um, coaches. And I just, I had a hard time with that. I, I was, I, uh, I just, I just struggled with it. And I had, and then I had injuries on the field and I didn't know, you know, I could say, you know, maybe that was why I just, cause my, I don't know. I mean, it's it just, it's just, I, I preferred coach Dobson's approach and how he went about it. He's just more of a military type guy. Um, again, in your face and, and screaming at you when you mess up. And it just, that's like I said before, that's kind of what I prefer. I, I like that guy, get in your face. I, I want, to know when I mess up. I want to know when I mess up. I don't want you to tell me, Hey, it's okay. You'll do it next time. No, I want, when I mess up, I want you to let me know. Cause then that's going to help me not mess up again. So that's Absolutely. kind of, that was how Pelini was. And that was how coach Dobson was. Um, now with that said, they're both, both strength coaches and both head coaches are awesome in their own ways. They're just, they're just different. So yeah, just a little bit there. Okay. And you kind of said this about Bo, you know, he's in your face. He's going to chew your ass if you mess up. I don't think it's any secret, you know, when you look back at Bo's career, won a lot of games, yep. but, you know, of course, the relationship with the fans wasn't the strongest, and, like, you had those few games a year where the scores would be pretty lopsided, right. you know, and so do you think maybe that approach that, uh, like you said, you were kind of afraid to mess up, like, do you think that played a part in maybe those big games that the team just kind of laid an egg. Like, do you think that maybe that kind of backfired a little bit? Like, hmm. that's a great I question. Um, I guess so. Um, I was going to say, I guess people could fold under, I mean, I, I could see that, you know, as a younger, I mean, what do you have? 18, 19, 20, 21 year olds getting screamed at. Some of them might not be able to handle that. And that's why players adjust uh, coaches differently. You know, one player could, hate the guy that's in my face and fold under pressure and just turns it off and doesn't want to hear it and could love the Mike Riley approach where it's positive reinforcement. You're going to get better. You're going to do okay. It's just, there's players are different. And, and so are coaches. So it just got to find that right mesh. So, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I could, I could definitely see maybe a guy out there and, and just laying an egg, just kind of getting screamed at and just like shutting it off. You know, I'm done, whatever, getting angry, getting mad at the coach for yelling on him. I, I, I can see that. I can definitely okay. see that. But it, but it goes it goes both ways because same thing with um you know the other thing if they're if they're nice and kind of positive reinforcement you might feel like you could get away with some things in the field and not be yeah good point um you know as as strict with with what you're doing so again it just it just it's it's got to be a good mesh between players and coaches and and some guys just how it is some guys will be do better with some coaches and some guys won't okay and this kind of rolls into another question that's kind of down the road a little bit, but I think it kind of rolls really well. So, you know, you talk about coaching styles and you as a player committed to a coach and then you had a coaching change happen. And a lot of times that's when you see a lot of players transfer, right? Well, in today's age with the new transfer portal and how it's been kind of running wild is the grass greener on the other side, you know, all the time. Yeah. Um, did you ever think about transferring when you were at Nebraska? Like, no, nah, I never, I never thought about transferring. Um, and it's, that's, that's a hard one because a lot of times people really don't know why guys are transferring and they just chalk it up to, well, they just don't get along with the coaches or they're just not getting playing time, but it could be other things like, Hey, I want to move closer to my family or I miss, you know, I'm homesick, things like that. But, um, you know, right away when I hear a guy wants to transfer, I'm just like, good, get him out of there. I, I don't want him with us anyways. Um, the bad ones, the ones that leave are the bad ones. The ones that come in. Oh, we love those. Yeah. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's just, it's just weird how it works and the rules are so different now that, it, that it's so easy to transfer. So guys kind of just doing it. And I, I respect the guy's decision. If, you know, if he's not getting playing time and, and he wants to go somewhere else and might have a better shot, go for it. But the guy that transfers, you can't predict the future. You could go there and it could, the same thing could happen. You know, yep. you can go there and still not play. So it's where you said that the grass is green on the other side. You don't know, you know, cause you still got to, wherever you're at, you got to work and you got to earn it. So you're not just going to transfer. Hey, I'm starting now. It's just not how it works. So there's a lot of uncertainty with guys when they transfer. Um, you always hope that it works out for the, for the kid, but sometimes it doesn't. A lot of times it doesn't. So it's just, 
it's it's crazy and and you know now with those rules they're so flexible that's why you see so many like when i was there i can't remember and i could be wrong i don't remember any more than five guys that transfers and they weren't normally big big name guys if they did transfer um and but now it's it's different it's different and i know we had some big ones nebraska had some big ones this this past um off season which stinks but uh yeah. i don't know as a, as a coach you can't really dwell on that they want to go yeah they get, let them go because you don't want a guy there that's not going to care anymore right so you just yep. let them go and then move on with the guys you got because the guys that you got are the guys that want to be there and you got to work with them yep yeah um so i want to kind of ask about fan expectations at nebraska so like i mentioned before you're from chicago and maybe you aren't you're not as ingrained in the like I like I've said before, when I was growing up and, you know, I, I'm a 90s guy. Right. So I was born in the 90s. I'm, yeah. I, I saw success. Right. So anytime yeah. Nebraska even lost one game, it was as if it was like an event. It was like a black cloud was hanging over the state for like the rest of the week. Yeah. So like someone from outside the state. Do you think that what sh- what should fan expectations be? for for the Nebraska football team or yeah you know we'd like to think that we're realistic so yeah aka pessimistic yeah and so you know do you expect national titles from Nebraska is it is it just a whole different age now where yeah that's unrealistic I mean what what do you think about Nebraska so I mean obviously I've got the benefit of being a player and I, I went through it but um you know I'm a realist as well and it's just Right now they're they're in a little bit of a rut. Um, you hope for the best, uh, but you but you got to be realistic. You know what, what's going to happen. Um, but the great thing about Nebraska is at any time, any year, they can just explode on the scene and they could become you know dominant. You grew up in the '90s, you saw those teams, and all of those teams were dominant. You know, year after year after year, and they were having insane seasons. So when they did lose a game, I mean, it was kind of like the sky was falling, and I, and I totally understand that. Right. The thing though with now, obviously. Where we're at that the fans that were expecting that i mean you you can't you're just going to drive yourself crazy if you expect that that kind of success to happen every year and now because it's just not realistic it's not realistic to have that i mean what nebraska did in the 90s is one of the craziest things in the history of college football yep mm-hmm. that ain't happening every year so nope. and and you can't have a whatever uh, uh, losing season last year and then expect the national championship to come this year. I mean, if that happened, holy crap, it'd be historic though. Again, th- I mean, those things, they rarely, rarely happen. So right. I'm a, I'm a realist and I, you know, I love Nebraska fans and I just think they would do them. They, they'd feel a lot better and be in a lot better moods if they would just kind of understand that, Hey, this doesn't happen overnight. You know, exactly. we're not, we're not coming off of a, a national championship season. It's just, you know, it's not the nineties. <laughs> and, and that's, I think that's the thing that kind of bit Frank Solich in the butt too, was he succeeded arguably the most successful cultural ball coach of all time. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, people expected Osborne results from Solich and yeah, he, he had a 10 win season and went to the Rose bowl. It's like, you know, you look back and it's like, if we could have just hampered our, our expectations a little bit more, like what we would be looking at, in right, 2021 right. you know what kind of right. program would we have you know right and i i never felt i never felt pressure at all as a player like from the from the fans or whatever because that's just i don't worry about that outside noise but there are players that definitely do get affected by that by you know yep. by hearing that or by reading that in the paper seeing that on i mean i twitter was was it yes twitter was a thing when i was at nebraska i'm not that it old. Was. <laughs> um but uh you know seeing things on twitter and social media of some guys that that really bothers that really bothers and it could you know definitely affect them on the field so that's like one thing i you know as, as a player i would kind of tell fans you know the players they're they're people too and and you know they're human and if they you know they see that stuff and if nebraska you know why aren't they winning this many games oh they stink oh they suck whatever whatever it might be again they're we're in the national championship last year. You know, we're, we're, we're kind of building right now. I mean, it's going to take some time. So yep. just hope for the best, hope for the <laughs> best and just, just be, uh, 
yeah, just don't expect, you know, a championship every single year. Right. And kind of piggybacking off that, it's like, you know, we do get consistent top 20 classes and it just makes you think like, does that outside pressure and noise, you know, do they, do they kind of either, you know, with the high expectations, do they buy into it? Like maybe they feel like maybe they're entitled because they're, they're at Nebraska and, you know, we have a lot of nice things like, yeah, you know, and it's like, do they come in and do they, what's their mindset coming in or do they feel pressure? You know, yeah. even with these great classes, you're seeing under 500, you know, seasons. And it's like, dang, like, right. Right. And it's, you know, what you, you know, when you're, when you're being recruited and you're there, it's not the same thing as when you're a player there. I mean, it's, it's different. It's different. And some guys, I mean, everybody's different. Everybody's different. And there's so much stuff that goes into, um, you know, success as a Nebraska football player. So it's just, that, that, like I said, that outside noise, those, those, those expectations, if, if you're not reaching them and you're, you're hearing it from the, from the fans, it, it can, it can wear on players. I know, I know it can. Yeah. Um, get, going away from Nebraska a little bit. Um, I just, just want to ask about you. So growing up, who was the wide receiver, either college or NFL that you kind of looked up to or, or maybe modeled your game after? Yeah, I was always Jerry Rice, Randy Moss were always like my, my two favorites. Jerry, Jerry, um, right? Okay. Randy yeah. Moss, Randy Moss, huh? <laughs> yeah, I loved Randy Moss. I actually down the field. I know, I know. It's not my, it's not my game style or how I play. But um, I've actually met him when I was a, uh, a kid. Um, when I was like around ten years old, I met Randy Moss, and he was awesome. And um, I was just kind of in shock and awe because he was one of my favorite players to watch. We were. Uh, it's so funny. So obviously Chicago, but I'm not like a, I'm not a Bears fan. I'm not a Cubs fan. Good. Yeah, I think I'm a, I'm a Blackhawks fan. I love the Chicago Blackhawks, um, but uh, I'm not a Bulls fan. Like I'm not a huge <laughs> um, Chicago sports guy. Um, so growing up, I was I like the Vikings, and I watch. I would always watch Moss and and they had, uh, Moss and Chris Carter was another guy that they had. They were both great guys to watch. But then kind of as I got older and into high school and stuff, then I kind of liked you know the Julian Edelmans, the Wes Welkers, and. Um, I'm, I, mean, obvi- I mean, obviously, you know, uh, what, what, guys what like that. <laughs> I know, man. <laughs> exactly. Right? It's just, uh, I mean, I love watching those guys and I'm a, I don't know if you guys are going to like this or not. Cause it's always either or I'm a big Tom Brady fan. Oh, okay. He wins. A, okay, look at the, you can't deny the, the, you can't deny the set, man. What? Peyton? Oh. Hey, another f- legend. Yep. Legend. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so I, I mean, I was always a, a Patriots fan and watching all those guys and they had great players and Moss was on the Patriots yeah, for uh, yeah. they had that yep. historic season. So um, that was super cool. Uh, but yeah, so I, like I said, you know, Moss, um, Chris Carter, Jerry Rice. I, mean, I love those guys and Wes Welker, Julian Edelman. I mean, I just love watching okay. those guys. <laughs> See, I'm like, I'm like the opposite. Like you like the, the Randy Moss go downfield. You, you run a, four flat 40, you know, <laughs> so I'm an Anquan Bolin guy. Yeah. So like, All that's right. my dude. Like, yeah, I, I love the way he plays the game, you know, no disrespect yeah. to Randy. I mean, Randy is obviously <laughs> a boat too, but Randy's the most talented receiver to ever play the game, but yeah, that probably, I mean, all yeah, those Jerry I mean, Rice guys would say differently, I guess. But. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So let's, let's touch on you. You're talking about the record of, of Nebraska last year and how we've been down a little bit. Yeah. Um, what is your thoughts on the team that's going into this season? Um, we, we bring a lot of guys back. That whole defense is yeah. coming back. Um, I mean, Adrian has a couple of good targets, not well-known targets. Right. But he's, he's got some guys that I think that are capable to catch the ball. Um, I mean, what, what's your opinion, I guess, as a former receiver? Do you think the receiving yeah. room is going to take that step forward that we really need it to? Yeah. So, it's funny. I think early, early April, I think like around April, I think it's 16th. I'm actually heading out to Nebraska. I'm uh, meeting with um, coach Lubick. Nice. They're having some of the, the players come back. So I'll get a chance to meet a lot of those receivers. So I know, like you said, a lot of them are young. Um, I know they had that one transfer. I think it, is his name. Um, Omar Manning. Yeah. Omar. Okay. Yeah. He's a guy I know they expected big things out of him and it kind of took him some time to get adjusted. Um, but I'm, I'm hoping um he'll have a big breakout season. That'll be awesome. Um, it'll give Adrian a huge target. Um, yeah. And he's, I mean, obviously he's coming back. We just graduated um, and he had a 
uh, good uh, pro day, uh, Mills. Yeah, Diedrich. Yeah, yeah, they just they just graduated him. Um, obviously, we had some of the, the transfers of Wandell, which is kind of a bummer. But um, no, I, I, again, like we kind of went back to, uh, to the expectations. I'm not. I mean, I'm hoping for the best. Um, and I follow them on. I know they're getting after it this offseason. I follow them on Twitter, obviously, and, and oh, yeah. see those 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 updates. Uh, it looks like they're having a great time. But yeah, expectations. I want them to, you know, ten win season would be fantastic. I don't know if that'll happen, but you know, just have to wait and see because I, I trust and I believe in Coach Frost, and I think he can get it done. So I mean, I'm looking forward to this season, and I'm looking forward to meeting those guys. Like when I, like I said, when I go there uh, uh, in April, uh, meeting those guys and, and seeing what they're about, and watching them actually live in practice. Then I'll have a better, uh, yeah, a better answer for you guys. I <laughs> <laughs> will, and uh, you'll have to show them how to catch the ball behind your back and stuff, right? Uh, <laughs> I can't run through that. some catching drills. Yeah. <laughs> so when you made that catch i mean it was like were you even because the ball almost got intercepted actually yeah it sh- probably should have been <laughs> just, so I'm just... but, but thank god that that guy's a db and has feet for hands <laughs> right. i say his feet <laughs> but yeah i mean he that guy he tipped it i i mean i saw it get tipped and behind it and i was just like it was just like a natural reaction i just was like Look okay. what I found. <laughs> then I felt it and I kind of pinned it against my, my butt. And I was like, oh my God. There it is. All right, cool. What's <laughs> but you got two feet in. Yeah, two feet in. And yeah. that, it was so funny too. Like, I didn't even like realize how kind of crazy that was. I was just like, ball to ref run. What's the next play? And they called like they were like reviewing it. And like Kenny, Kenny Bell ran up to me. He's like, you know what you just what you just did? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> okay, like I kind of then I was like, then I looked up at the screen and they showed it, and I was just like, wow. Yeah, I was cool. That's, that's pretty good, I guess. That's pretty cool. I might be on a t-shirt someday. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> love it. I love it. That's awesome. Um, so you, you talked a little bit about the pro day. Do you remember your pro day? Uh, can you describe that experience? Yeah, mine was a little different. So end of my senior year, I had to get knee surgery when we were prepping to play Tennessee. Yeah, you know, we're, we're having practices and just a weird deal where I get like a kind of like a receiver reverse and I'm running. I just kind of feel something moving around in my knee and like my knee kind of was catching. Um, find it, found out that I had to get knee surgery and I had to miss that last game. And that my recovery was like six, seven months. So I, I missed the initial uh, pro day for Nebraska. I missed the combine because um, I just, I couldn't perform because obviously not a very um, good timing injury. Um, I was able to rehab my knee um, recover to a point where I could probably 70% run. Okay. And they had like a kind of not like, a, they had like six guys, they had like a, a mini pro day after like the first initial one. Uh, we're like six, seven, um, eight NFL coaches showed up and it was for me and a couple other guys that had been injured. Um, and I, you know, I did the best I could. Uh, my numbers obviously weren't where they, where they should have been because I was, I wasn't strength wise. I, I literally rehabbed to the point where I could run basically and show the guy and show the coach, uh, all the coaches there that I could just move. That was, that's what I wanted to do. That was, my goal, my pro day was showing that I can move and I'm going in the right direction with my game. So I really didn't pay attention to the numbers. I didn't really care for the numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish it would have been different. I wish I would have not had that injury and I could have had the six months that guys, and so, and, you know, instead of rehabbing for six months, I could have that six months to prep for the pro day and doing those workouts instead of rehab. I mean, that, that would have been a, yeah, totally um big difference you know if i was able to do that but um yeah so my pro day was different that was my experience the pro day not a very good one just because i wish i you know didn't have that injury and i could have had a lot of time to train but i got out there i showed the coaches that i could move and um, it definitely helped me so okay um i i just kind of want to ask like what did you have any um like superstitions like before games like players are kind of fickle sometimes about you know what they eat or well yeah. Kenny bell wars like practice jersey from high school or something and he had yeah. like that blue jersey on yeah. like did you yeah. do anything goofy like that i not really and it's so funny because like my uh, my older brother and my my dad they're both super like super superstitious people like they have to like lay out their their clothes in a certain way they got to like wear this wristband tape them their wrist this way i wasn't really like that as much I would just tape it. Let's go. Let's go play. Let's go play ball. Um, I guess like the, the only thing I'd say is I kind of had a routine of I would wake up in the morning and I'd like drink a five hour energy, get on the bus, get to the, the stadium, prep 30 minutes before we're going out. I take pre-workout. 
<laughs> that would be like the only thing where I was like, it's a little different. I did have to make sure I get that during the day and that 30 minutes before, before game time. Mm-hmm. Okay. All the caffeine, all the energy. There you go. Get amped. Yep. No weird like voodoo dolls or anything like that. <laughs> nothing. nothing ah, necessarily. Not really. No, just I mean, just that. I'm I'm just not really a superstitious person, really. Let's go out and play. Yeah, play the game. He's, just, he's a game. He's a baller. Hey, he's a gamer. He wants to just, just go football. And play. Let's go out there and let's, let's knock some heads. Okay, and, and since know. you are a gamer, a baller, are you still working out? Are you are you gonna if the XFL comes back? Are you are you gonna give it another run? <laughs> I, th- I think so. I, I, it depends because it could come back. I think they're aiming for 2022 to have the season resume, but they also said to like, don't expect it to. That's just our goal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just going to, I'm going to wait and see. I'm going to stay in shape. Yeah. I'm, I'm in, I'm in great shape right now and I still working out like crazy. Um, but I'm just going to keep my eye on it and see when it comes Cause you know, I'm, I'm not that I'm old. I'm 26. I, I'm, I'm getting to the point where, Hey, is it time to make that, decision are we going to do like what's next in life is it time to but i'm definitely going to keep my eye on it i want to keep playing i love freaking football um right now just to stay in shape i'm playing with one of my buddies just like on a flag team um here in the uh chicago area and i just love that i go out there and just just <laughs> go out there and destroy and have fun <laughs> but uh um yeah i mean I'm, I'm i'm watching it i'm gonna see what they do with it i loved my time when i was there in the xfl um i'm excited to see what the rock's gonna do with it because he bought the he bought the league yeah so uh we'll see i, I mean if, if it's if it's if it happens if they if they get a season or do something this this year i, I feel like i definitely will, will give it a shot awesome and so do you have like so since it kind of just folded do you have obligations to go back to that same team or is it kind of be like open free agency it's, again it's gonna be just a, it's gonna start from scratch It'll okay be completely uh we'll just start start anew nice Okay. Um, we did ask Brandon this question a couple of weeks ago. Can you think of any, any like game? Cause you know, I could ask you what your favorite catch was and it's like, I, I have two in my head right away. You know, the behind the back catch, the Hail Mary Northwestern, right? That's right. Hail Mary. Right. I mean, I mean, come on. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so like, was there any game that maybe Nebraska lost that, you wish was just a win, right? Like, hmm. is there any loss in your career? Oh, yeah. Like, I wish we would have won that one. That's yeah. So our senior year at Wisconsin, we went to overtime. Yeah. We ended up losing it. And I, it would have been um, TJ Watt. I mean, there was a play where I, like, did an, uh, sort of an over route, and he dropped back into cover and just kind of ran into me. Yeah, it should have been. It should have been pass interference. Yeah, yes, the ball was in the air and he hit. The ball you. was in the air. He oh, just ran in me. He didn't play the ball. He had his back to the ball. I mean, it should have been 150 percent pass interference every day of the week, and they didn't call that. And oh my god, um, I had that screenshot of my phone for like, yeah. I think I still have a screenshot of my they, phone. They they had scored. I think I could be wrong. They had scored and they missed the extra point. Yep. So we got the ball, and if that pi is called, we got. We, I think we get the ball in like the two yard line. So we're scoring and we're making that field goal. We're winning at Wisconsin. And we would have been, that would have made us eight. No, because we were seven or no going into that game. Granted the following week, we played Ohio state and got our butts kicked, but Hey, yeah. who knows? You beat Wisconsin. The player morale is a lot higher, you know, and yep. we're get, get going to the Ohio state game. Who knows what could have happened. So if I had to pick a game that we lost it, I wish we'd have won. It would have been that one hundred percent. Well, and that Wisconsin game was like super physical. Like that yeah. game was like just yeah. hard nosed football. I remember a lot of penalties in that game. Yeah. Like it was a, it was a very physical game. That game, I mean, that's just how it is when you play Wisconsin. They're always just big, big, uh, they're always a big team. It's always super physical. I mean, and I loved playing at Madison too. I always thought that was a really cool stadium. So I just, oh gosh, man, I wish we would have got that, uh, that win. Oh. I, I, never mind. I was going to say I never beat Wisconsin in my career, but I think we did. Can't remember. I would, I would have been like a, a true freshman or a regular freshman if we did. Okay. But when I was full playing time, never beat. We've only beat him um, once since we joined the Big Ten. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I, I don't, and I think that would, that would, it would have had to have been either my true freshman year or maybe even the year before that. I have to check, double check on that. But yeah, that's one team, man. I wish, and I, man, you're getting me all worked up. <laughs> no, that's what I want. <laughs> so <laughs> that was the question. <laughs> so we lost in fucking overtime to them, and then. The, the year before that, we we lost uh, – they kicked a field goal and beat us at home to win the game. Yeah. Janovich so, had that freaking run. 
Yep. Yes. Right, up, right up the oh, gut. No. Took it all and the, the kicker way. missed the kick the first time. Yes. And then he got another chance. He made it yep. the game winner. Yep. Oh, some man. some you wish you can get back. So oh, oh my god. Ah, that season, that 2015 season, we had like combined lost, like we were, I mean, our record we ended up being five and seven. But our losses, we lost like BYU Hail Mary. Overtime it, at Miami. Miami, yep. Yep. Uh, field goal to Wisconsin. I think it was like a field goal to Northwestern. I mean, it was the craziest freaking year. Yeah, um, there was like was... five or six losses, like by three points or less. Yep. Yeah, and I was yeah. Really I mean, it's crazy. That's yep. why it was so sweet to, at the end of that year to get into a bowl game and go beat UCLA. I mean, that was that was a sweet be able to go game. out there and and just show, hey, no, this our record is that we're way way better than our. I mean, we were. We could have been freaking. I mean, oh my god, we could have been. I don't want to say undefeated because. Again, that's unrealistic. <laughs> but, uh, hey, come on, come on, yeah, keep, yeah, it, keep it in check over there. Whoa, I know, whoa. but man, we, we could have. I mean, we win that game at Miami. They, Wisconsin the field goal doesn't go in. The Northwestern field. I mean, the, the freaking BYU doesn't catch a hail mary. I mean, that's you're looking at a ten win season at least. So that yeah. that that year was just crazy, crazy that year. Was, that was wild. That and that probably didn't it didn't set the tone for Mike Riley. It didn't it didn't set it very well to start his career. Yeah, but, it, but so. another great – I just remembered this, because but another, like, telling thing that season, just to show that our record was not what we were, is we beat Michigan State, who was ranked, like, eighth at home. Brandon's catch at the end yep. of the game. Um, so, it was just that, – that was just such a, a weird year, and we were so much, so much better than what our record showed. Yeah, and like Mike said, it started off the Riley era with, like, all these heartbreakers and – you know, you're seeing that with the frost regime. You got to, yeah. you know, you, you have, you have your blowouts, right? Right. There's a lot of close one score losses. Yeah. Right. So you see all these one score losses. And like, if you ask me, I'm not going to try to put lip, lipstick on a pig. Like you lost the game. If you would have just done the right things, you would have won. And so when you lose by one score or less, what, what kind of maybe in, the frost era, what might you attribute that to? Like, is there something that you see on the field where if they just fix this thing, those one score losses are going to turn into W's. Yeah. It's tough because uh, you know, I'm not there to see what's happening off the scene. You know, I'm just seeing the games and what, what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can do my best to, to see, did this guy just make a mistake? Did that guy just make a mistake? But I, I don't know for sure. Um, but with most teams that when you're, when you're having those close games and you're losing, it, it go it comes down to discipline at the end of the day, it's discipline. Are you, are you, are you doing what you're supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the difference between a guy who's you know, as a receiver run a 10 yard, um, hook route. Well, I ran it at 11 and it got picked off. Well, it's cause you ran it at 11 and not 10. At one yard. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, I mean, if they say, they joke, I mean, they joke when they say football is a game of inches, but it, it absolutely is. So, um, yeah, if, I, if I had to really pin it down, I, I'm gonna, just going to assume that it's those things, just like the, the attention to detail, um, all the little things. That's what, I mean, that's what makes a team from, you know, bad to good and from good to great. You know, the teams that are in the, championship games at the end of the year are the teams that can do that the best, you know, do your job and whoever does their job the best, they're going to be the best in the country. It's just how it's going to be. Now, these things that you talk about, you know, are, are these things that people say they're easily fixable, you know, do you believe that? And look, I'm, I, that's kind of a, a question for me. That's hypothetical, right? Because mm-hmm. if it's been happening over the course of three years, you know, is it really, that easily fixable, you know, because it's, it's yeah. a, pa- you know, it's a pattern and it's not an anomaly. Yeah. Yeah. So no, like, I, I, where does it all start? You know, I get that. I get that. And again, I, I wish I can give a better answer, but I'm not there at the practice. So I don't know what they're doing. If I, I could see, I can assume if I watch a guy who's supposed to run around a certain distance and he does it too deep, I could easily chalk it up, say, well, they're not doing it well in practice, obviously, because they can't do it on the field, but I don't know. I'm not there to watch their practices. Um, things like that are fixable. Those are, those are, I wouldn't call them, I wouldn't call them good problems, but they're, 
They're better than the worst problems. That stuff is fixable, absolutely fixable. Now, if it's the same guy doing it over and over again, and they're still putting that guy out there, then that's on the coaches. Yep. Because how many times you get a lot of guy make a mistake for you? Like, okay, we need someone who's going to go in there and do the job right, even if he's not the most talented guy on, on the field, uh-huh. mm-hmm. or, or the tallest or fastest or whatever you you know. Unfortunately, you're, just, you're not going to be successful if you're going to let these guys have three, four, five, six, seven chances in games to do it right. You're just not going to, you're not going to do well. Um, yeah. And again, I don't, I don't, I'm not in their practices. You know, I can, I can only guess when I'm watching the game, what's going on. Um, but typically when teams are having issues, that's, that's pretty much the butt of it. Okay. And just kind of adding to that, you know, if you run the same guys out there over and over again, and you have the guys behind them who they probably do it right every day in practice, the guy ahead of them is, you know, more nonchalant about it and doesn't take it as serious. Yep. And then team morale kind of suffers from that. And it just it kind of permeates a locker room, right? I mean, would you yeah. agree with that? I, yeah, absolutely. And if, if you're a guy who's maybe a second or third stringer and you're watching this guy go out there and half-ass it in practice and then not do what he's supposed to do, I mean, as you're seeing that, you're like, well, how am I supposed to invest as much as I've been investing if I'm watching that? And he's able to get away with it. And I, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not getting a shot. Again, I don't know if that's what's happening. Yeah. Nope, I'm just, right. I'm yep. just kind of hypothetically just going along with what we're talking about. Um, it, it could absolutely affect team morale. I mean, I, I mean, there, I, I've been in scenarios before where there's, the, you know, the top guys, he's half-assing it. He's not trying, he's not giving hundred percent and he's, and he's making mistakes, but on Saturday, he still gets to go out there with the, the first team and play. And then even he'll make mistakes in the damn game and it still won't change. You know, and that, that kind of stuff is mind blowing to me. Yeah. So I, I don't care if that guy who's out there runs a four, three is six, five. If he can't do what he's supposed to do, get him off the field. Yep. And don't give him 18 chances to fix it or else you're going to suffer and your record will show that. Again, I will say, I don't know if that's what's happening, but yeah. Yeah. You know, teams, teams that suffer. I mean, that's, that's teams that um, don't do well. I mean, that's, 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 that, that could be what, you know, what it is. So. Okay. So the name of our podcast is the no block, no rock podcast. Um, that was a, uh, um, what do you want to call that? A, a mantra, a mantra, I guess that was brought in uh, under Troy Walters when Scott Frost first <laughs> got here. You were, you're a receiver. Um, do you believe that you have to be able to block to get the rock? Do you think guys that maybe are more talented, if they can't block, they shouldn't see the field? I mean, what, what's your opinion on that? Yeah, if you're out there and you're you know, going to be a little sissy and not block anybody. And, and oh man, so like when I, when I, I mean, that was when I was a freshman with Coach Pelini and Coach Riley, if you weren't blocking, you weren't going to be on the field, period, period. You weren't going to get the rock, obviously. Um, if you weren't physical, if you if you were going to let yourself get beat up, miss blocks, whatever. I mean, you were you were yanked, yanked. Um, so yeah, and I and I pride myself in that because that was one of my you know one of the better parts of my game is I was a physical, good blocker. I didn't care to get in there. I'd hit that six four linebacker in his chin as hard as I freaking could, even if I fell right on my ass. I'm still going in there every single time and I'm putting in the effort because a lot of times. Coaches will see that and you're, you know, if you're not blocking, it's, it's more of a, it might not be a, you're a sissy thing. Well, you are a sissy if you're not blocking, uh, but let's just make that all, clear. Yeah. Let's just make that crystal clear. Um, but uh, it's an effort thing. So coaches sees that and they go, oh, he doesn't look at that. That's terrible effort. Get him out, get him off the field. Um, but yeah, you gotta, gotta earn the rock, get in yeah. there. And, and that's why, I, I mean, if you watch our, would have been our 2014 um, that team that year, the year I had the behind the back catch. If you watch those games, well, just watch our receivers on run plays. We were hammering guys, hammering guys. There was a, there was a play against Rutgers that year where I blocked the guy from the slot so far back that I took him out and he, the back of him hit a safety. I knocked out two dudes on a block. I mean, and then I think it was um, earlier in that game, like Kenny totally threw his body and nailed someone and knocked him yeah. out of the way. Amir took it down the sideline. Um, it's just, we were, we were, killing people so uh, blocking i mean that's that's a huge part of uh of being a receiver and if, you, if you're not if you're gonna go out there and, and, and not block then just get off the field you, you don't deserve the rock well, yeah and so your block when you took out two dudes 
and Kenny Bell's like risk Wisconsin, right? That yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Penalty, right? Yeah, one of the biggest garbage. So like whenever whenever something like that happens, are you in the film film room that week and like you get like major kudos from like the the wide receiver coach or whatever, or like you get some type of reward? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's. (laughs) And you're excited as a player too, like, oh, I remember this play. <laughs> this guy out. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they would keep, we'd have it in the receiver room. We have a big old board with like um, almost like stickers on your helmet. Obviously, we don't put stickers on your helmet, but it was like um, you get a point, points for, and it was a competition in the receiver room. You get points for touchdowns, you get points for uh, yards after contact, you get points for receiving yards, you get points for um, um, knockout blocks or pancakes, pancakes. pancakes. Um, so guys were, were out there trying as hard as they could to get pancakes. They were like, okay, I want to get that point. I want to get that point in the receiver room this year. <laughs> so, go. I mean, and uh, we, yeah, I mean, the coaches love that. They love that stuff because it shows, it shows the coach that, you know, you're going to go out there and you're going to lay your life on the line to, to help this team succeed. You're going out there and you're nailing, knocking guys around. So coaches love that. So, so you just said that there, there was a little competition. Who, mm-hmm. uh, who was on the, the leaderboard? Uh, when you when you were playing there, did you ever uh, lead the pack in any of that? How how far down the list was Brandon on that? <laughs> <laughs> and we it was earlier in our careers, so it was with Coach Fisher and, the, and Pelini's staff. So it would have been that last year was 2014, and I was you know I was up there. I was I was top three. I know that. Um, I can't. It had to be like me, Kenny, and and uh, Quincy. Maybe Quincy was gone at, at this okay, he was point. Gone at that point. Um, I, I, it was either Brandon or Alonzo, Alonzo Moore. I, I can't, oh, okay. I can't remember. Um, but no, we, I mean, we love that stuff and it made the games, you know, not that they're not fun at all. Cause I mean, the freaking best thing in the world, but it made the, you know, you're in the game thinking about it. You're like, okay, this is when I play. I want that point. Number 25, your ass is mine. <laughs> like, like you see, uh, what was what, the water? The, the, uh, was it the water boy where the kicker's looking like down the line, they're doing an onside kick. And he's like, there's my bitch and kicks the outside kick. And, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's that. It's like, it just, it just made the, the game so much more fun. So much more fun. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. I love that. I love that. Um, did you have any, like, I did want to ask you about this latest season. You know, it was COVID racked, right? Yeah. It was, you know, you're doing the testing every day. I think after the game against Rutgers, you know, it was a team that, I mean, they laid the wood on them. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it just seemed like after that game during the press, I don't know if you've, like, watched any of the press conferences or anything like that, but they just seemed like a team that was, like, down and just worn out. They had the opportunity to play in the bowl game, despite their record, you know. Yeah. If you're a player, are, are you wanting to play in that bowl game, or are you just kind of like, you know what? Let's let's just call it good. I know you know Brendan Hymas kind of did that. He did what he had to do, and so yeah. where where do you think you would have stood hmm. on that? Away from your family for I mean, and we understand that part of it right. too. Yeah. Away from your yeah. family for a long time. This one's uh, this one's it's, it's this one's tough to answer because part of me is saying that at that point in the season it was just it was great for the guys. Just hey, this, the season's over. Let's just let's just go relax for a little bit and kind of recollect ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also look at it as a, as a, a business opportunity. It's another opportunity for a player to go out there. Who's a senior to put what they can do on tape to show NFL scouts, you know, what they can do. So I don't know. I mean, it's, Hmm. If I'm, if I'm a senior, I'm saying we're playing the game. I, I need it. I need it to boost my stock with, if, yep. if I, if I want to play at the next level, I need this game. I need an opportunity to go out there. And what if I go out there and I catch a ball behind my back, you know, and, a, and an NFL scout sees that and they're just like, Holy crap. What, look at what this guy just did. Can you imagine if, if you knew if you would have played that would happen, but you didn't play. I mean, that, that's, that'd be tough. So, yeah. I, but, I, but I totally understand it both ways. I totally understand it both ways. I think yeah. if I had a hypothetical gun to my head, I'd say, let's play this game. Okay. Okay. So this is a podcast. Um, generally when we're recording, we're fueled on our, our beer choice. Um, yes. generally I'm drinking either bush light or something right now. I'm sipping on a blue moon. I, I swapped over a blue moon. Uh, we asked Brandon this and he pretty much said he'll drink anything. 
Um, yeah. So, uh, what is uh, what is your beer of choice? Um, my my uh, go to probably Bud Light. Bud Light. <laughs> no, I uh, I uh, I'm a I'm a big light beer guy. I, I love Bud Light, Coors Light. I love uh, Corona. Um, I think it's, but it's actually Corona Extra. I mean, I love light beers and I'm, I'm German too. So I like some German beers. Uh, my family loves German beers. Big beer guy. When I'm, when I'm having anything to drink, it's, it's, it's typically just beer. So, but yeah, if I had to pick favorite one, it's, it's gotta be Bud Light. Okay. Boulet, the French microbrew. <laughs> that, that's how you make yes. Bud Light sound fancy. You call it a boulet. Yes, very fancy. Very fancy. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's no secret that I'm a Guinness dude, you know, and I, I think my friends, my friends like Guinness too, but it's more of a, they're like small doses and it's, it's kind of like, I'm kind of lonely sometimes. <laughs> hey man, I'll drink Guinness anytime, but it's just filling, you know, like I can drink yeah. 30 bush lights on a game day. Like, no problem. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true. You know, it's uh, at, at Nebraska on a game day at Nebraska. It was bush light and bud light yep. all, all day. Um, but I will say on St. Patrick's Day the other day, I did have a couple of Guinnesses. Okay. I had, I had to, I had yeah. to, so, but yeah, big beer guy. So let me ask you this. If you're not drinking Guinness, what else are you drinking? Uh, usually Coors. Coors. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and look, people hate on Miller. People hate on Miller. Like, <laughs> Don't you know hate on Miller light. Don't hate it. <laughs> it's terrible. It's, it's <laughs> the worst light beer you could choose next to like, yeah. obviously Natty, Keystone, <laughs> You know, like, so all like, the cheap stuff. As Brandon said, he would drink anything. If it's, when it comes to beer, I'd basically drink anything. Anything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. I mean, I, I don't have any questions. I'm I'm good. Yeah. I don't know if I, you had I'm good, man. Um, okay. Yeah. Let's just uh, reiterate again how much we appreciate you doing this. Dude. Um, dudes. No problem. And, and let me reiterate again. I'm so sorry. It took this freaking long to, to get this <laughs> thing done. I feel so bad about that. Oh, don't even worry about it. Hey. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Hold on here. Give a little cheers. Absolutely. Oh, wow. <laughs> There's some in there. All right. Appreciate cheers, you, guys. man. Appreciate, appreciate you coming it. on. We just want to thank uh, Jordan Westerkamp again for coming on our show. Um, please, our listeners out there, if you could follow his Twitter account, it's at JordanWesty1. Um, give him a follow. And while you're there, give us a follow as well at NBNR Podcast. Um, subscribe to all the platforms that we're on. Give us a five-star review. We're on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, any any platform that you get your podcasts on. We would really appreciate if you give us a listen and give us a five-star review. It helps us get more traffic and more listeners. And we just want to thank you again for listening and Jordan for joining us for Episode 9. This is one of your hosts, Jared Hall. And Mike Delaware. And as always, GBR. GBR.